0: what you say is true the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks Got
1: that come on now dog you know I give you the mad fat superfly stupid dope dumbass retarded bomb shit props take a big step back and literally fuck your own face
2: Michael McDonald's become a icon
1: he is well, there's a whole there's a whole subgenre of shit over the last few years called yacht rock. Yes, and it's essentially smooth hits of the '70s and early '80s. <laughs> so, what we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of yacht rock would be uh, Kenny Loggins, yeah. Michael McDonald, sure. Christopher Cross, Peter Cetera. But see, that was Chicago. Peter Cetera, Cetera,
2: but dude, as a solo, solo, solo stuff. is
1: eighties, like oh, yeah. mid and late eighties, and he was kind of a fucking puff. He's a complete. He's poof. such a puff, and <laughs> and Brian Ferry, yeah, but that was even that's more like almost new wave, like Avalon, Roxy Music,
2: yeah, like, Roxy Music is yeah, art house shit. It's but his stuff. His solo shit, you're talking pretty, about. pretty smooth, bro. <laughs> it is it's smooth, pretty smooth. It's
1: mad smooth. Uh, <laughs> Steely Dan has some yacht rock ish. I hate Steely Dan. I know you do, and I love them. I love them so much. I
2: know. We've had this conversation. We've we've, we've battled it out. We usually cannot are- cannot f- <laughs> emphasize how wrong you are about Steely Dan. They're
1: magical musicians. You stop it. Uh, they're amazing musicians. <laughs> you feel about Steely Dan? It's like Rush because of Geddy Lee. Oh,
2: Rush. Yeah, dude. I know.
1: Love or hate? It's yeah. a love or hate.
2: Mostly hate.
1: <laughs> Knowing that they're some of the best musicians that have ever picked up instruments. Yeah. Like legitimately, yep. but Geddy Lee's voice is so off-putting. <sighs> Even and I I like Rush. And it disturbs me. Yeah. Greatly. Whereas, like, a guy like Kenny Loggins is just an angel. Uh, an <laughs> angel. An angel. Dude, Hall notes. Oates. Hall and Oates. One of the most underrated acts of that era. Seriously. Because your kiss is on my lips. <laughs> All of the time. Dude, you forget about, like, Sarah Smiles. Oh, yeah. Oh, they such have- a... Anger, dude, they had a body of work. They got a body of work, dude. Oats brought it. Not so much oats. <laughs> <laughs> oats was the creepy one with the mustache.
2: Uh, <laughs> he was. But that guy actually had a great singing voice. He no, had
1: a great know. backup voice. But yeah. Daryl Hall could fucking blow. Could belt. White boy blues. Belt it. I love it. White boy Motown. Yes, we appropriate everything within our grasp. Wham. <laughs> Wham, well, more 80s. There, like uh, but I don't but more electronic.
2: I don't 80s. care when it came out. <laughs> it all fits in the fucking same model.
1: Yacht rock rules.
2: Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I would go so far as to say Wham and um Hall & Oates were contemporaries. For a time, for a for a point, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. different sides of the pawns.
2: They were, they they were slinging fucking (laughs) each other's
0: dicks.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, so there's that. Um, Hey, I just got back from Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. It was the the port of Vallarta. And it's uh, lovely. It took a while for Rex to like get into what it's like to be like Mexico resort yeah. life because yeah. it's a different
2: yep. type of vacation. So when you say that you guys were like all inclusive, yeah,
1: we went. Oh, bro. We went. We had a really difficult last like six months for a lot of reasons and we wanted something where we did not have to think we didn't have to be on an itinerary to go see things we wanted to wake up go take a dip in the pool uh maybe drink a little breakfast vodka you know like nap eat yeah you know bone just do whatever you want sure no bullshit yeah um and it was it was lovely girls loved to bone I hear bonings big with the kids. Uh, it was amazing. It it I was haven't
2: heard that in a long time. I have heard anyone describe sex as like, yeah, we're going to go home and bone. We're going to bone. Bumping uglies. We're going to bone it
1: out. <laughs> we're going to bone it out. It was great. It was great. Uh awesome. You know, I, I, I realized through that excursion that Rex and I came to the conclusion that we are definitely, having been born at the beach on the coast, I'm definitely a beach person.
2: Well, to
1: juxtapose,
2: juxtapose, juxtapose, <laughs> juxtapose you that got it a, out. That was a hard word. You got it out. That was a hard word. Good I for you, really Bubba. Had that much alcohol today. <laughs> juxtapose. Uh, I have been in the middle of the snow apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, dude. It of, is. Southwest Colorado.
1: Holy shit. We left and things had started, but de- it de- Bro, declined.
2: It got weird. Yeah, man.
1: This is something else, man. Something else. Uh, I've never, in 10 years of living in old Durangi, I haven't, I don't remember it being this aggressive, persistent. It's ve- That's the thing. It wasn't like the
2: biggest dump in the world. But it's been so... Fucked. No rest. It's relentless. Yeah. It's amazing. You go out, you spend 45 minutes shoveling. Yeah. You go inside, make your breakfast, take a shower, and you walk outside and there's a foot of snow. And you got to go do it again. You're like, wow, fuck, I guess we'll just do that again. That's
1: it, it, And we're going to get more into this in the body. But at this point of our old ass age... Is do you want to spend an hour to two hours a day just getting ready for your day?
2: Just to start your day.
1: This is, I haven't gone to work yet. I haven't run an errand yet. I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Yet I'm in a full blown sweat. (laughs) Is that something like, I mean, I guess, I guess there, there are some. Rex's mom lives in upstate New York by herself. Which you can imagine, you know, she's in her 60s. She's fine with it. She'll shovel all day. She'll do all the bullshit. But I I don't know if this is what life has intended for me. I
2: I don't like it. (laughs) People that live here live here because they want to do that and then get in a car and go up and spend the day in more snow. Drinking. Drinking and skiing. Which... Or more power to you. Boarding or whatever, you know, just go for a ride. Right. But I, I'm i not that guy. No, I am definitely not that I guy. I haven't skied in years.
1: You and I aren't like big snow activity. No. I, yeah, I blew out my knee before I got here. I tore my MCL, shredded it. I can't really do a lot of the movements it takes to snowboard and ski, which I had done before. And it's I, the irony is I do it a year before I move to a place that I actually can do it. Being yeah. from LA, but I, I uh,
2: yeah, and uh, it it amazes me <laughs> that we live in this town where it's so hard to survive, and yet people somehow can come up with like I don't know what it is. I'm just going to say 1,200 bucks, right? Conservatively, right? Just to commit to a hobby. Yeah. Which you're probably going to do 10 days. Well, or I mean, there's some pretty committed oh, people Oh, no, there are there. people that do it. I mean, that's why people- There's guys that get 45 days in. that's why people- and, No doubt about it.
1: Move, it. It's harder now with the cost of living in Durango. We talked about that last week. But it's really amazing to me. You come out here and the sole focus is making just enough money to pay rent, get drunk, eat. Get your pass. And, and then the rest is getting your pass, getting new fucking boards, like- that's your life it's a commitment yeah. and and God bless you for what you love to do 100% but I'm it just seems like a lot of work
2: <laughs> so I used I used to do it when I was married because okay. my wife was a big time skier her family were like like, like she was like a pre-Olympic level uh, mogul skier Jesus yeah and her father was like owned the biggest backcountry skiing company here in town oh wow Yeah, like I was, I married into that family, and (laughs) I'm like, being you. Yeah, just being (laughs) me. And there was a natural sort of incredulity that they had towards me, of course. But I would go up, I would ski, sure, do all that. But yeah, that was the thing. Every day was like, I am humping all this equipment up the fucking hill just, just to go, like strap on my skis, maybe get. Four or five runs in. Right. You know what I mean? On a good day. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't think this is as much fun as you guys think it is. See, I know. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I equate surfers and snowboarders to be very like minded people. Very the attitude similar. same. The general intellect is the same. Yes. Uh You're not, and we're not being negative. Or no, but pejorative. it's the it's the chabro, like oh! It's that guy, and and that that guy's fun.
2: I've had beers with that guy several times. I know a lot of those Uh, guys. They're they're everywhere. Um, uh, Gotta get your turns in. (laughs) Oh my god, bro!
1: (laughs) Fucking pow pow on the mau mau. Um (laughs) Not my scene, which is fine. But I remember being out all day at the beach and like uh, boogie boarding, and as and it's that beautiful feeling of exhaustion as you get done with your day 100%. You take that shower, you sit down, you feel like you did
2: something. Have so, you ever boogie boarded in Colorado? Uh no, you've told me about this. It's a whole thing doing it on the river, right? It's very fun. Yeah, no,
1: I did it. I I spent most of my youth Boogie
2: boarding. So, like, you can... There's these waves, drops, or features, you would okay. call them, on a river. Okay. Where they're designed for kayakers. Right. For rodeo kayakers. So, they can... Is that the crazy surf. flipping... Yeah. Fools? So you, you can get in there and you can surf. And I've done I've done that. Um, that seems like fun. It is super fun. Yeah. And if you're just wanting a chill lunch hour, you can just grab your bodyboard, right. boogie board, whatever and go jump in a wave down at Corner Pocket or wherever the fuck. Sure. And you just paddle into these waves and you can just surf as long as you want. That's dope. It's pretty cool. I can feel that. Um, I've surfed stand-up in those waves, which is really fun because you're just hanging, man. Like, you can just surf. So it's like one of those infinity waves on a cruise ship? Yeah, it just never stops. That's crazy. It's just hydraulic for that's dope four or five months.
1: See, and I don't know why that's okay to me, but going traveling 2 hours to go up a mountain, drag a bunch of shit, pay a bunch of money Whoa. to go do three runs doesn't
2: I know. equate I I'm much more of a river summer guy. Yeah. Water living in this town. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm a Pisces.
2: I I I
1: <laughs> I just think and we'll again, we'll talk. We'll, we'll let's get let's get into a yeah. couple things. Uh, Before we go full bore, let's get into who the fuck we are. uh, Let's that's the primary thing. Bobby's been putting out a lot of content for you guys. It's all been Bobby doing judgment day, uh, getting a lot of fun people that we know in here to do some great stuff. However, this is not that this is the OG. This is the Genesis. This is the impetus. This is the everything bagel. Of the Whiskey Reel Empire. Is. This is the Whiskey Reel. It's the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. Brought to you by Hagan Wheel Liquor. Right in the Town Center Plaza. Those beautiful bastards over there. Mark Raymond being the GM over there does a great job. You can get everything we talk about in that store, trust me, you can. You can. And sitting across from me is the man holding down the fort Why I am fucking around on an island. Or actually, it's a peninsula. Peninsula. You know, tomato, tomato. Uh, sitting across from me is one of the coldest human beings <laughs> that you will ever meet because it sucks here. No, I'm kidding. It's wonderful here. This is one Mr. Bobbit fan noise of the Tallahassee
2: Van Noises. That is me. That's you. Uh, My buddy, Puerto Brandeiras. <laughs> <laughs> are you doing steel drums? No, you like that? I like
1: it's that. It's kind of my reggaeton.
2: Yeah, he is the hammer of destruction. <laughs> Mr. Wolfgang fuck. It's good to have you back, man. I mean, we didn't didn't miss an episode. Hey,
1: we did our due diligence, so you do yours and we'll do a call to arms later but at least show this to one cool friend you have because you know the one friend that isn't that cool but you kind of hang out sometimes, he's not going to like it or she's not going to like it. That one cool friend who seems to get it, they'll get us. So give it to them. Absolutely. Consider it an early gift for a birthday or a holiday. Absolutely. Or Hanukkah, which is also a holiday, or Arbor Day, or MLK Day. Did you see the statue? The MLK statue? The whole controversy? No. That went down with the MLK statue? Ooh, it's gnarly. If you look at it from certain angles, it looks like it's MLK's hands holding a giant cock. Okay. I'm... And there's a lot of people <clears throat> upset about it, not only from the standpoint of they don't think it's representative of a great leader, but it's also other people thinking that it's some sort of pornographic stat. It, it is, again, we can't do anything in this <laughs> country at the moment without it being the absolute most divisive thing in the world. We just can't. We can't do anything. We can't make a song. Can't make a shirt without it being completely divisive. That's who we are now. We politicize everything. We do. But uh, give this podcast to somebody you love. That's it. That's it. It's very easy, guys. Um, Welcome back again. Yes, I got back from vacay. It was time for me and Rex to dip. We had been uh, going through some stuff. Not anything horribly tragic, but we needed to... Dip our toe into a different climate. And Bobby and I were talking earlier about at this point, considering all the weather changes that have transpired over the planet and the different political scenarios transpiring over the planet, where can you go to seek refuge? Where would you want to live right now
2: in the world? Money aside taking all considerations as far as the people yeah cost right. well
1: I say money's not an option but cost of living yeah
2: yeah money is an option
1: okay let's say money's an option cost of living climate um the the culture the people sure where would you see yourself if you could put a pinprick in Google world where would you land
2: yeah that's really interesting <clears throat> I I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is why wouldn't I just go live somewhere in like Central America? Okay. Where climate is great, right? Yeah. But then you start to think like... Um, is it safe? I mean, your dollar goes further. Oh, further, boy, it does You it. know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, am I safe? Am I taking someone in my family with me? Am I taking a lady friend? Right. Am I taking her to a... <laughs> Just rape land. <laughs> Am I fucking? I don't know. Isn't <laughs> that's, that's that,
1: not, Isn't that the Elvis?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that. Was, that's not, oh, that's Graceland. I'm not being pejorative about Central American countries. I'm saying like, if you go, if you moved to the Honduras in the 80s, it's rough. That was a hairy fucking El place Salvador. Lived late El 70s, Salvador. early 80s. Yeah. Now some of these places are becoming. Much more gentrified. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? And hospitable. Like 30 years ago, we never would have thought of Belize as a viable destination. A destination. Right, right, right. right. And Belize is now got gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's. For us, English speaking, that is the primary language. It is the Switzerland of Central America because the banking is all there. And it's being bought up. It
1: has been getting bought up for 25 years and it's getting packed. Wouldn't that place have been cool to buy into? Fucking A. 25 years ago? I had a dirtbag friend of mine, total stoner, not a loser. He was a nice guy, but he was a loser. He somehow inherited five acres of beachfront property in Belize. This was back in like two thousand one or two, and would visit once a year and live in a tent on his property. Yeah, because he could, with the hopes of building a home, which I hope I hope he's done by now. I haven't no. talked to him, but like you think about those instances.
2: So, oh, I I had an opportunity. Right about the same time. I would actually okay. say probably 2002. I was living in Clovis, New Mexico. I was in the Air Force. I had access to the VA, getting loans, blah, blah, blah. Sure. I found a property um, through a broker in Belize that was this kind of blown out apartment complex right? that was pretty much beachfront on southern Belize. And I could have picked the whole fucking thing up for like 40 grand.
1: Oh, oh God.
2: And I'm like, okay, that's whatever. That's a $250 fucking payment. Um, Right. You know what I mean? And I secured everything and I was like ready to go through with it. And what happened? My wife. Oh! Decided that that was uh, a really bad idea. Why would we do that? I mean, dude. Because it would be worth $4 million right
1: now. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, Belize is ridiculous right yeah. now. Yeah, so
2: Central America would be
1: yes. Uh, oh, of one course. of those. Do you have a country in mind?
2: Um, I've thought about Panama a lot. Panama, yeah. Um, there's a lot of still uh, undeveloped property in Panama. Sure, that I think is applicable the weather there is great you can fish right you can just hang out you know i mean yeah panama city obviously being the big metro center of the country there's a lot of other places there that are pretty viable for sure you know
1: panama's great uh you mentioned honduras fantastic yes um
2: Uh, i made a quick stop in honduras when i was in the air force oh nice yeah
1: it's got some i mean you, it, when you it, talk about climate
2: it didn't feel safe back then right i mean i was in the <clears> military throat> so throat> sure. like we were fine but like th- you would go into little town centers right. and you're just like and you know it ah, yeah. seems like sketch. something bad well, could happen here things have changed drastically over the
1: last 20 years in central america not just with um build out but it's a, it's become really really safe colombia being a country growing up because of the drug cartels would be somewhere you never go. but Colombia's amazing yeah. and safe now. Honduras, same way. Um, I, I for myself, I'll just ape your shit. Europe has always fascinated me because I'm European. And so the thought of living in a place like Alsace or um, living in Lyon, like on the Mediterranean, I mean, obviously you're talking buku cash. Bucks, um, but but as an inevitable destination, the climate, the people, the food. Now you hit that cost of living thing, and that makes Europe basically, in, you know, and it's untenable at that point. You can't the thought of that unless you are really raking in some bucks doesn't make sense. So then I travel back to. That part of Central America is South America. And there's some beautiful parts of South America too, like Chile, and um, that are gorgeous. Yeah, I think seeing what's happening in the States, seeing how unstable South America is at the moment, seems like Central America is
0: kind of a sweet spot right now.
2: I agree. I agree. Now, I have a feeling. And this has been a long time coming, and who knows if this will ever happen because of the political climates that exist in a a continent like Africa. But I think Africa will be the next... Gentrification project for the world.
1: It's funny you mention that because right now Africa is almost central point for the Chinese, Russians, and America. Yes, to go in and buy up everything. It's been the Chinese have been going in and buying. Well,
2: and what are we talking about? Whole we're talking swaths. About, we're talking about mineral rights. We're talking about percent. We're talking about natural you know gas. You're talking about.
1: I mean, you're uh, talking about what call it the microchip.
2: Um, oh, the silicon.
1: Silicon. You're not no. The other one. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It, like, I don't know why you're fucking lit. vibranium.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I want to move to Wakanda.
1: <laughs> they're very mineral rich in Africa, and you go to you or you look at countries. I've never been to Africa. I, I very much so want to go, but you look at places like Ivory Coast. You look at these beautiful Senegal, which is. Beautiful, That is also a very interesting, the political standpoint's a lot more unstable yeah. than some other countries. Yeah. Um, and because, I mean, the,
2: because there is money to be made. Great amounts of Places money. like what you're talking, Senegal. Yeah. Liberia. Liberia, uh, you know uh, which mean? is kind of a shit show. You know, I, I've had friends from <coughs> the Ivory Coast when I was in the Air Force, yeah. and they would tell me stories about all these countries. Mm-hmm. But it's, a, it's inevitable that yeah. Western influences are going to find it, which is sad. Fucking and, colonizers. But do. also, holy shit, man. It's been a shit show over there for fucking generation after generation. Dude, for after
1: the last generation. fucking hundred years. You
2: know, so what I... Our only hope could be that whoever... <laughs> In, whoever wins, whoever wins over there <laughs> is willing to have human rights and, and which is still tenuous. It's awful. It's I awful. Mean, come on. Being a woman in Africa. No, thanks. Not great. Don't want to do it. Not no great. Thanks. I don't want to be a kid in Africa. <laughs> no. You know what I mean?
1: But again, the it, things are a change in things. Are changing. And it feels like a lot of those places like certain parts of Africa, Obviously, South Africa is a completely different thing from the rest of Africa. All the, all the countries in Africa, they're all, they all live independently, but synergistically. South Africa has always been kind of an anomaly um, because of the location. It's around the Cape. It's at a lot of strategic standpoint. Obviously, the English, as the English are wont to do, Try to take over everything, it's left a lasting impression. We all know about Mandela apartheid, what that has meant and continues to mean in the country. And
2: continues to mean, yeah.
1: um, but but that being said, it seems like those those gemstones when we grew up with everybody wanted to go live in Paris, go live in you know what I mean, go live in well, Vienna, yeah, go live say, in think Barcelona. About
2: the, think about the 90s, like what really became, um. It, of of its time was we should move to some Scandinavian country. We should move to oh, Sweden. absolutely, the, move the to absolutely you know, Norway. They yeah, were like for oh, sure. They're just handing out healthcare and and high paying. And jobs now they won't let us in. Now they won't let us <laughs> in at all <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> for good fucking reason. Which, by the way, we clearly as a people kind of hate those people. Which I don't understand. No, at they're, all. They're wonderful people, and they they got it figured
1: out. Yeah. One of the best. As far as quality of life, on that quality of life algorithm matrix that they've created to tell oh, them how happy people are, off the charts. Off the charts. But that being said, I, you reminded me of a story. We're going to okay. move on after this. We're so you got to allow We're me good. one story. I was in Puerto Vallarta, I'm at, a, I'm at the resort. And obviously, everything's paid for when it's all inclusive. However, if you're a human, Every time you get something, you tip a little bit of money. Now, you know, the the U.S. dollar still goes a long way in Mexico. It's not like it was. It's not a million pesos for a dollar. It's not... That doesn't exist. But look, for what people make down there on an hourly basis, there's a reason why people want to come to America and they send money back to their family. It's a lot bigger of an opportunity to work in America than it is to work in a place like that. Um that being said the people that work at resorts like this do pretty well in in comparatively and in relation to other things so you know, you you grab a couple drinks from the bar, you tip them three or four bucks every time you do it. Like, you, you, you're not a dick. There's some people out there that don't tip and blah, blah, blah. So I found out there's a lot of Canadians that go to Puerto Vallarta. That's like the destination of Canada for whatever reason. However, they did slip in some Americans. And I had the benefit of being behind a lovely couple that ordered... Some of the most fucked off drinks I've ever seen in my life. One uh, lady, I didn't know there was a drink called the Dirty Sanchez, and I think it was a joke, but it's tequila and Kahlua in a shot. Oh, God. Number one, just wrap your head around that because it sounds awful. Yeah. So there's this lady and this gentleman. They're clearly, you know, mad privileged in their lives. They're, uh, you know, just. Everything they say is just barely tinged with, like, some sort of, you know, looking down on, not quite racistity, but ugh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And so she orders this fucked off thing. This guy's making all their drinks for them. They ordered, like, four of these and three of these, and there are only two people. And the guy turns around to grab some glassware. And as he turns back around, he knocks over like four shot glasses and they roll off and he like caught them, you know, and the gentleman in the group thought it would be good to go. Aye, aye,
2: Oh. (sighs) Oh, come on.
1: And never thought for a second. Come on. That that. And so, you know who you're dealing with, right? Yeah. So I'm behind him just. Mad, mad dogging them, just mean mugging them the whole time.
2: Bernie Sanders voters, obviously, obviously, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. Pro, pro George Santos voters. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that guy. Talk about that guy in a second. But turned around, didn't fucking lay down a dollar after all that. The in it just the Canadians were great. And I we were laughing with the Canadians how we're so sad that we represent so poorly worldwide. Because sure. most of the people that travel are from Texas and Florida. And they're from places that us as American citizens don't consider... Like, those are outliers on who Americans are for us. Yep. I know they think they're the center of the universe. Nope, But just the, aye, aye, aye. And, th- and he laughed. Like, he thought that was like... He was being cool. Clever. It was, oh.
2: Super clever.
1: God. Anyway, racism is alive and well. Go to sleep at night, children.
2: Go to sleep.
1: <laughs> but yeah, George Santos is awesome.
2: Speaking of interesting <laughs> racial stories, I don't even know where to start with George Santos. The the
1: the drag thing is fascinating.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not like... It's not because he did it. No. That has
1: nothing to do with it. I've been to more drag shows than most. Yeah. So have I. We are part of that community. We have a lot of friends who are in the drag community that we support. But knowing that he did that and has proven to do that, like on a, (laughs) this wasn't like he dressed up as a woman for Halloween. He went and did drag, which, Hey, if he was cool about it would be make him look cooler. Uh, Unfortunately, he denies it. Deep state, fake. That's what he's saying. They're just making shit up. what he's saying, yeah. Um, He created a GoFundMe for a homeless veteran whose dog had a tumor, created a GoFundMe, raised $3,000 for the dog to be operated on, and then took the money. You want to talk about some fucking... Evil villain, yeah, fucking you know,
2: (laughs) yeah, this guy's a. I, it's unbelievable. I can't even describe who this human is. And
1: it, he must be, it feels like he's fucking completely trolling his own party. When is somebody gonna say something? He's been caught in every conceivable lie Mm -hmm. that a human being can be caught in. Lying about his mother dying in nine eleven, lying oh about his family being Jew ish
2: Holocaust descended from Holocaust survivors,
1: running yeah. from Brazil on a charge of fucking counterfeiting and fraud, dressing drag and doing drag shows. None of these things. I mean, again, it's not because he did that. Is because he comes out so hard on LGBTQ fucking issues. I don't know what. What do you think? What's the over... What is it going to take for his own party to finally give up?
2: I don't know what he could possibly do. I don't either. Because getting rid of him would mean getting rid of a vote. And they've made it very clear. This is what we care about. What we care about is power. Fuck yeah. And he provides us one brick in the wall of what we're looking for. There's only five. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't. I, it doesn't make sense to me because I wouldn't want to be associated with someone that's a complete hypocrite and a liar and possibly a criminal. Not possibly. I'm, I'm just <laughs> being deferential. I know you're
1: being deferential. I appreciate that.
2: Um, I, 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 you know, I don't know this guy, I don't know this gentleman. I don't know a lot about him. I didn't know anything about him going into this whole situation. Nobody did. But what is happening right now is psychotic.
1: No, there's never been anything like this for any sort of congressional appointee.
2: This is unprecedented nonsense.
1: I I'm, I mean, dude, Denny Haster, who was the Republican majority leader at one point in America, went to prison for fucking for being a child molester. Yep. That's pretty big news. Big news. Pretty big news. There is not. He lied less. His charges were bigger. Yes, but he lied less than what this
2: guy is doing.
1: I'm just. I'm fascinated to see where this story unfolds because for the rest of his congressional career, he's gonna have. He's gonna be dodging people in hallways every single day. Yeah. Every day. You've seen the swarm. Why did you lie, George?
2: I, this is definitely leading into some David O. Russell biopic. That's what that's what you were point. talking about earlier. You know what I mean? Like this is someone's got to tell this story at some point when we actually know any of the facts. Like because what we know right now, it's a little is bit of anecdotal, scandalous, and anecdotal and conjecture. Like, but dude, and you can't have this kind of a firestorm of information and have none of it be true. Of course. Yeah. Some of this is true. It's the smoke and fire, right? There this is the, the entire building
1: is billowing in smoke. Yeah. Right? There's got to be a fire somewhere. And we've already kind of located it. It's got to be. He has a donor that's already mad at him that gave him $650,000. This is not over with by any stretch of the imagination. This
2: is the beginning.
1: Yeah, um, we're dealing with the Biden docs that have come out. Not great for Biden. We're not huge fans of Biden. He, uh, the The administration has done comparatively to what we dealt with with Trump. Has done some really good things for Americans despite what Fox News and everybody is saying. They've actually done things to help people, whether it's like insulin caps, whether it's you know lowering the maximum C Seniors pay for medicine. These are real, actual things that took place. Yeah, the the Um, insulin thing alone is tremendous, tremendous, game changing. And then you know, uh, granted, him having those documents that his own staff found and turned over to the uh, National Archive. Not great. Not a great. Not a great look. Um, However, watching. The other side of the aisle try to equivocate this with what happened with Trump it's uh, it's it's such a fucking circus that I'm really curious I was telling Bobby I'm really interested in 2024 just from a a, just from a civilization experiment what is gonna happen what is gonna happen where have we gone where where's the where do we hit
2: the wall I mean, with I all these like, nuts,
1: haven't we hit the wall? I don't know. I don't know. Ten like, years ago, if I told you George Santos would exist, we're gonna have a candidate that did this, 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 this. I would this, not this. Believe you it. Would have believed. You would not have believed it. It's not have believed it. It's true. I would not have. So believed now we've hit that. So what's next?
2: Yeah. God. What is next? I
1: don't know. I don't know. But we're gonna be in fucking Central America dealing with it. I hope so. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! Uh, speaking of the end of the world, <laughs> we ha- we were thinking. You know, we like to do our little themes for movies, right? Right. And we've done, you know, cold weather movies. We've done like disturbing movies. Yeah. We've done we've done movie like genres and topics uh, that we want to talk about. We've got a fun one for you. We are going to go dart it out in the freezing cold. I know. And when we get back, we're going to try to shake it off, do some burpees. And then we've got a great topic for you guys. Yeah, So don't switch us off.
2: It's just going to be three seconds in your world. This might be the end of the world as you know it as we go into break. Are we Michael stiping it? We're stiping. We're stiping? I'm stiping. Dude does stipe skype (laughs) i'm gonna play some stipe over the break play some stipe It's Rolling Stone. Did Mick Jagger make it? Of course Mick Jagger made Mick it. Mick
1: Jagger can't sing his way out of a paper bag. I know. You fucking kidding me, dude? I know. This is fucking bullshit, dude. I, that's why I hate arbitrary lists. Because, look, anything dealing with entertainment or art in general is all subjective. I realize that. Some people think Jackson Pollock was... A fucking farce as a painter. Uh, right? 100%. Some people, you know, uh, it, it, I, I get the arbitrary nature of what art is, but they're, the impact of certain musicians, artists, directors, actors is undeniable. So, doesn't that then, you know, uh, uh, launch them into a tier? Sure. Just right. by nature of them being impactful to the zeitgeist of their art. Right. I, I just, it drives me fucking nuts. Kandinsky is a painter. Okay. Nice, colorful squares. um, it, it, But he's heralded as being, yeah. which he should be for that style of art. You know, a impactful. Lot, a lot it of the was, Dadaists and, and they're, it just, this drives me nuts. This is why you can't allow hipsters to make
2: lists of anything. Well, go ask people. Next week, we will talk about Rolling Stones. We're worked up. Top 200. We are list worked. A vocalist. And we're
1: going to go down the list. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because we'll, this, we'll this we'll is travel bullshit. through it. We're yeah.
1: going to take a second. And there's
2: a lot of people one. in that list you're not going to recognize. And that's sure. fine. I, I I'm not going to pretend like I know enough about those people to say, well, you shouldn't be on the list. But we, as fans... Have Have some fucking... We got some sharp barbs. I got beef. I got super beef. There's some people that should have been on that list. Yeah, man. And to not put them on the list is a little bit of an injustice. Not that those fucking people care. No, they don't But like... God, man. Stop it. Just a touch of recognition. Have some class. Guys, we're back. Yeah! <sighs> As Sorry, you can tell. We were worked up, man. We got worked up. Blood
1: pressure is sky high.
2: <sighs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can't even remember our phone number. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nobody calls. <laughs> That's a good point. Actually, we have a voicemail. We do? Yeah. All right.
0: Hey, guys. It's Kyleen. I'm actually a week behind in listening because the week I had my surgery, I spent... Five days on narcotics, attached to an ice machine because shoulder surgery. Spots. Sick. So, but I wanted to say thank you for the well wishes for my recovery. I'm doing great now. I started PT. I'm tired of the sling, and I have four and a half weeks to go. Um, don't know when I'll be writing tickets again, but I'll find a way to get Sean Mo somehow. Yeah. And secondly, yeah, Aaron, celiac sucks. There are some restaurants in town that really do try to do some good work with it. Eola's is one because one of the owners is Celiac. And Steamworks is working on it because the brewmaster over there is Celiac. So, Ken and I have talked a couple of times about it. So, you know, it is getting better, and I actually found a good beer, but all distilled liquor is gluten-free, and I can still have wine. So, I will not be at Brewfest anymore, but I'll still see you guys at Wine Experience. So... Just wanted to say thank you for the the shout-out and the well-wishes, and um, yeah, I'm learning to deal with a lot of different stresses in my life right now, but for the most part, it's good. Love you guys. Bye.
2: Oh, Kylene. She's such a doll. She has a doll phase. Yeah, man. And, you know, yeah,
1: celiac, for people who are truly celiac, sounds miserable. Yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> it just sounds horrible, man. Yeah. And, and you know, and look, this isn't anything that's going to kill you, but imagine looking at something and saying, "If I eat that, I'm going to be in pain." Pain from eating something. That's yeah. just unless it's blowfish or <laughs> like something that could potentially <laughs> kill you. Uh it's it's rough and it's hard.
2: Hey guys, if you want to take a cue from Kylaine hey. and leave us a voicemail, Nine seven zero four two six five three four four. Shitting my pants? Is the number to call. Nine seven zero four two six five three four four. 5344 We take emails at whiskeyrilla@gmail.com We're on all the socials. And when you guys see us around, you're always kind enough to give us kind words. Yeah. I've seen um, our liquor fairy quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. dana da Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a little heartbreaker. He's a- peach dude
1: he is such a peach you can send a carry-all pigeon
2: <laughs> if you wish honestly at some point we're gonna have to have Dana back on the podcast yeah he's he's um, awesome we uh, god it has been over 220 episodes <whistles> the last time Dana talked to us on the podcast was our 100th episode what episode are we on right now Oh, I don't know. Two, two something. Some miss. Yeah, yeah. Two Should we do 20? something for two fifty? Ah, sure. it's arbitrary.
1: I know the number doesn't. Mean it's all anything. arbitrary, but yeah, two fifty huh? sounds kind of.
2: Hey, mathematically correct. Any reason to celebrate, buddy? Yeah, brother. Um, speaking of which, it's all a decahedron. <laughs>
1: it's, it's a
2: what is it? A de- what's a bigger one than that? Hmm. I don't know. Math I don't is know. math is funny. You know what we didn't do? What? We didn't talk about our whiskey. <laughs> let's do that real this quick. This is called the whiskey. I know. Row. We're stupid. And we did not talk well, about we our Well, we were
1: whiskey. really fired up about what we had to talk about. We did. And so let's
2: let's let's briefly summarize what we're drinking. What did you buy, Baba? Um I bought a Washington Spirit. I believe it's Washington. A Washington Spirit, yes, which uh, we don't do a ton of. No. This is a special limited release. It's from a distillery called Woodinville. Yes. That is W-O-O-D-I-N-ville. Woodinville. Woodinville. Right. This is a pot-dispilled uh, bourbon. Or I'm sorry. No, this is a... It's a whiskey. This is a whiskey. This yeah. is an American whiskey. This is not bourbon. We don't know a lot about this product because we just found it. Um what we do know is that it is a um it is a bourbon, Jesus Christ. It is. Okay. It's a bourbon. Yeah. Um and it's finished in, finished in port. Casks. The weird one about this is it's finished in port
1: casks that have recently been emptied. So it's not just that the wood has soaked in the port There's and port lays dormant. It. There's a, it, there's a sheen of port in there, which yeah. is a little bit different than other people do it. Yeah, they've been around since 2010. This is 90 proof. It comes for you fans of laws out there in a very laws ish bottle. Yeah, it's like pretty, sort of
2: the bookcase. Yeah, bottle it's
1: square, sexy, kind of old schooly. Uh, w- number one, what did you pay for this?
2: This was right
1: around forty three dollars okay. retail. About forty three. After tax.
2: Yeah. And uh, give me your thoughts. So when you first tried it, you were like, well, this is hot. Oh, yeah. Well. Has a little heat to it. This is a 90 proofer. Yep. It's got a little bit of warmth to it. I, I wouldn't call it hot. No. It was just. But it's warm.
1: Anytime you take your first sip of a 90 proof whiskey of the day. It tends to read a little warm, and then after two or three sips, you kind of acclimate to yeah. it. But yeah, it, it it's 90 proof. It's a little warm. It's not as hot as stuff we've done. But no.
2: Yeah. By virtue of it being aged in uh, port casks, it seems to have some really nice fruit overtones. Yeah, cherry. It's got so much cherry to it. Yeah. It's, and it's heavily charred. They finish it in port casts.
1: They hold it in like five char barrels, from what I understand, which imparts not only the obvious, right, which is that smoke, which is that um, it, it really exacerbates the flavors of like caramel, but in a dark, rich, concentrated way. It also with port and the char. Um, puts a chocolate profile to it, which you can really pick up on the end with the fruit, which is nice. Once you can get past the initial attack of the bourbon, because it's bourbon, uh, as it wears and goes to the finish, you get this really nice kind of semi-sweet chocolate on the end with some cherry and kind of raspberry along with like brulee and kind of get all those kind of traditional flavors towards the end.
2: I guess if I was going to sum this whiskey up, I would call it kind of um, niche. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. I, I, I don't think this works as a profile for like just anyone to pick up a bottle of whiskey and drink it. No. But I agree. It, it has its place. Oh no, for sure on a shelf. Oh, a hundred percent. But I wouldn't like classify this as like a classic American burger.
1: Not at all. This isn't. I always like to use you know buffalo trays as like this one of those standard bearers of what couldn't you be more different. Exactly. It it's a lot less heavily reliant upon vanillins and caramels of the wood. It's more got sort of those other tertiary flavors like that. The, the char and the chocolate and the cherry, rather than like apple and, you know, dealing with some lighter fruits. Um, it's very interesting. It it took me a second to really wrap my head around it uh, to get some of the nuance of it. But I think for a bourbon drinker that likes kind of dipping their toe into different waters, this is a nice, it's an attractive bottle to buy in general. It's a very, embossed, yeah. it's a pretty bottle to buy. Um, And I think it would be fun for bourbon drinkers to get a little bit out of their box with without being not bourbon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. So is it a buy for you? Um, I mean, I think it's a buy at that price. I mean, it's a $40 bottle. It's nothing crazy. No, no, no. It'd be a fun thing to have on your shelf. Right. Because this, uh, you talk about this sometimes. I think this would be because of the chocolate uh, fruity profile. This would go great with a cigar. This would be a yeah. bomb. This is a cigar bourbon. Cigar bourbon. Yeah,
1: no, I, I wouldn't doubt that.
2: Um, outside
1: of turning my gills green. Yeah. a uh, smoking cigar. Oh, this yeah. I can see I can see the as far as a matching is concerned, a pairing is concerned. Yeah, uh, pairing it up. I could see this working uh with a cigar, definitely. I'm not a cigar aficionado, so I can't go that deep into it. You know, back in the day, to be a psalm, that was also part of your training. Big big part of it. was cigar training. And thank God it isn't. (laughs) Because that would not be great for me. But I could see it working with a a little bit more of an abrasive. Cigar, not anything too smooth. But yeah, you know what I mean? Cause there's cigars out there, like some English cigars I've had that are very like super smooth and super pleasant for me. But you get into those like really aggressive high tone cigars. Oh, yeah. This might not hold up as well, but it's still, it, it still would work. I think with any sort of like uh, kind of acerbic tobacco, yeah, I think would work. I'll buy that. There's a tobacco nature
2: to it. I mean, yeah, I think I think they would play off each other really. Yeah, so. for it'd be, sure, it'd be a fun little thing to sip on this because I mean, we're drinking it on rocks mm-hmm. and we tried it neat. Was a little hotter neat. I love this on rocks. Diluted I, it's is a nice fine. Little, yeah, it's a really nice little sipper. Yeah. So um, I couldn't imagine what I would do mixing wise with this. I necessarily. don't necessarily. Yeah, that's tough. You know what I mean? I really I, that's not why it's, it's on my, my shelf. Nah. This is more of a curiosity.
1: Yeah. Without it being so weird that you wouldn't understand it. But yeah. this, I don't want to mess with this too
2: much. I don't think this is something that... This is not something you're going to put on your shelf all the time. As an old-fashioned... This is my go-to Manhattan. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 It's not that. So there. You've got your whiskey segment, you fucking savages. You savages. You savages. <laughs> uh we were so cold, and it is the snow apocalypse here in Durango. I know places like Buffalo laugh at our snow. Um, however, for this uh, part of the country, it's... not our fault you live in Buffalo. It's definitely... It's somebody's fault, uh, but not ours. We were thinking of movies to um, glorify that are really apocalyptic movies. And now, Bobby, we had this discussion... Of dystopian versus end of the world. Do you want to explain sort of like that rabbit hole we went down?
2: Yeah. It, so you brought this up earlier and you brought up, well, what are great apocalypse films? Mm-hmm. And my first thought was like, oh, well, fucking road warrior. Blah, blah. But then it, I was like, no, that's not an apocalypse film. That's a dystopian. And there's a difference, right? There's a big difference, right? Right. So, um, Apocalypse means you get to watch the end of the world. Period. Dystopian means you get to survive the aftermath of the end of the world.
1: And there's a ton of really good dystopian uh, media Uh, out there. Probably one of our favorite genres. Easily one of my favorite. And you might even call, which is why we're not doing any zombie movies. You can have a zombie movie that the world ends That wouldn't be a zombie movie, right? There's no survivors. The world just ends. But... That's why there's going to be no zombies on this list.
2: Yeah, we're right? not going to do zombies.
1: Because that implies there's survivors to tell the story about the zombies, which thus makes it dystopian. But
2: I think we have some really interesting films. We got some fun ones. Uh,
1: let's yeah. start it off with the one that was kind of... This was the first one that popped out of your mouth. It's a movie I literally haven't seen in 35 years. Uh huh. What was this movie? Miracle Mile nobody knows this movie by the way
2: yeah um miracle mile i just looked it up and it was anthony edwards anthony edwards from
1: er fame oh my i gosh. know we once again dating from uh there was a wonderful movie called gotcha oh my god
0: <laughs> <Are> <laughs> i wanted to drop that one on you
1: <laughs> uh Uh, Yeah. He was a a big deal in the 80s. He was in a bunch of like uh, teenage films and stuff like that. And he's a really great actor, actually. So
2: this movie came out in 1988. And it was directed and written by this guy, Steve Jarnett, who actually did a horrible movie with Melanie Griffith called (gasps) Cherry 2000. Oh, my God. That's a real movie. Um, But this movie was... This was about the end of the world, and this was very much dependent on 80s-era um, Cold War politics. Which we so, live for. You get this movie <laughs> where Anthony Edwards meets this girl, Mary Winningham, who, by the way, used to be a thing. I, I don't know why. Dude, Mary Winningham was a thing. She was a good a little actress. She but a good little actress. Maybe not a pinup so he no, she was not a pinup she was attractive she was fine she was fine but so, he meets he meets also anthony edwards is not exactly not a heartthrob Lowe back no. then, you know but what i mean but isn't
1: mare also a female horse yes okay
2: uh, we'll leave it at that i
1: just i wanted to confirm that piece of information
2: so the reason this movie popped in my head is because it's good It Mm -hmm. was a really fucking cool, fucking good movie. The basic premise is that Anthony Edwards meets this girl, and they're going to go on a date because they hit it off or whatever. In the meantime, World War III starts, and they get put on notice in LA that you've got to get out of town. The missiles are in the air, right? And you've got to fucking get out of L.A. Yeah. And that's basically their conundrum is like, how can we get out of L.A.? And it's a really fucking cool movie, man. And Miracle Mile is actually a
1: place in L.A. It's on Wilshire. Like, it's one of the business districts of L.A. And uh, if you've ever just tried to get out of L.A. on a Friday after work. I couldn't imagine what it would be like trying to get out of L.A. with missiles on their way down, because yeah. it's not going to go well for you. They
2: meet at the Tar Pits.
1: The La Brea Tar That's pits?
2: where they meet.
1: I, know how many, do you know how many field trips... I've I taken the can't it's, even
2: fucking imagine. There's
1: only so many times you can look at fake woolly mammoths
2: <laughs> half submerged in tar. So yeah, the the Edwards and Mare Winningham, bless her beautiful heart. <laughs> She's great. They meet, fall in love, and then before the date, Anthony Edwards finds out that from his buddy, I think, that is like in the Navy or something, is like, dude, you gotta get out of LA. Shit's coming down, right. missiles are in the air, get out of L.A. So he goes to find her, and it's basically... And we're talking about apople- apocalyptic movies. It doesn't end well for everybody? No.
0: And that was
1: that was the point of this list. This isn't so much... You know, the easy ones to talk about apocalypse is like uh, Day After Tomorrow, um, Deep Impact... Uh, All these movies, like 2012. The point of those is people survived. It wasn't like at the end of the movie, it was the end of the world. That's it. It, The the premise was that it... Potentially, could have been the end of the world. Yeah, what we're, what I'm interested in, what we're interested in, is talking about movies that it was literally the end of the world by the end of the movie. So, what do you got? Right, um, one of my favorites, classic, has will always go down as one of the classic um, 70s horror movies of all time was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Perfect. Uh, where at the end you've got the iconic scene, right of um, Donald Sutherland. You realize he's actually one of the aliens, and the sense of despair that comes over you. Thought they might be able to sneak out, but at the very end, you discover no. You guys all are turning into pod people. Yeah, and that it's it, it's funny because those movies, like you root for the you root for the protagonist, right, to make it. You're gonna fight, yeah. get through. Some of these movies that are bitching is just a sense of dread at is, the end.
2: Is that version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers the ultimate version? The Donald Sutherland version? Because there was one before. One before, which my and dad. There's been a couple after.
1: My dad was a huge fan of the original one, and they, I think yeah. in the original one they survive. Yeah. Um, the one afterward, they survive as well. I think this was a real morbid.
2: 70s post fucking Vietnam like take. Well, like the closing thing was Donald Sutherland pointing at her and, and doing the,
0: oh, the shriek.
2: Oh, that, yeah, like, that, whatever that invasion that, of the body setters or shriek. And it just yeah. closes
1: on a, a close up of his face. Yeah. It's really disturbing. It I is love
2: really it. disturbing. Uh, and, one, and that's it. And that's, that's it. it.
1: Bye, suck a dick. Yeah. Exit the theater. Earth over. <laughs> Exits are located <laughs> to the left. And the back right. Um another one you brought one. up which was great and I forgot that it was like this was twelve monkeys.
2: Oh yeah. Um which is Terry Gilliam, right? It's Terry Gilliam. I think yeah, this this movie belongs on this list. It is one of the smarter, uh like weirdly reflective personal movies. Has to do with time loops and Yeah, and, yeah, of course yeah, there's it's a all lot time of time loopy and Brad Pitt being crazy. And Bruce there's Willis. Of, there's a lot of misdirection making Brad Pitt the villain of a film that's going to bring about the end of the world. And it turns out it's actually the scientist right? that you actually thought. And there's a scene at the end at, at, at this airport where he releases this virus. Right. And Bruce Willis, as a young boy, and I think this was based on a... French short film. Something like that. Yeah, I know that. Someone gets to witness their own death. And Bruce Willis, as a young boy, gets to see himself get shot dead in this airport trying to stop what was happening. Right. And at that moment, you realize this is a loop. And they closed it. You're never going to stop. This is it. This is the end of humanity. Right. That's it. It's over. That was it. We watched the end of humanity. It's crazy. And you good. realize it. It's crazy. No, good. it's very
1: overlooked. That movie got a lot of pub when it came out. Rightfully so. They made a uh, TV series out of it. You yeah. ever watched it? Um, I, didn't I wasn't either. really interested in watching it after either. the movie. I thought the movie was kind of perfect. It was. This is why these types of movies are so great. There's no sequel. Yeah. There's no. It's over.
2: If, that's it's, if the there's a point. sequel that's not on our list, <laughs> put I, it on. Thank it you. I know. Yeah. There's
1: probably some. We talked about a couple. We can blow through them real quick. Yeah, we're uh, good. We got there's a, there's a, a Stephen King adaptation called The Cell, which Bobby hasn't seen. Oddly enough, I have not seen that. Sam Jackson and uh, John Cusack, where uh, cell phone towers and cell phones lead to the inevitable um Zombification and in, uh, total induction into being part of a weird kind of science fiction alien community that's taking over the planet. And um, it's very prescient by virtue of technology. That was the whole rub on it. If right. you have a cell phone, you've lost your humanity sort of thing. And it culminates... And if you haven't watched, you haven't watched. It's still worth a watch. It's got Cusack in it, so suck it. Um, it the, the the end of it, it it culminates in thousands of people standing around a tower, all kind of like in oma just being zombied out and being Ooh, hyper-focused right. on a tower. And then you realize at the end, the protagonist fucked up. Yeah. And he fucking was on his... Call and, and that's got sucked in and that's a fucking rap. So I love those kind of yeah.
2: speaking you speaking oppression. Yeah. You brought this one up. Uh Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. I mean we don't necessarily know that the world ends, we but we don't we know the world ends. Right. Because we had been taught one of the
1: strangest movies ever made. Oh. I think we can agree upon that.
2: And one of the funniest, most well acted S- movies ever made. It's truly a weird movie. That final image. It, right. I love that we get bomb. to bring up a <laughs> Cooper film.
1: Yeah, thank you. You know what
2: I mean? Thank you. Thanks to you. Like watching Slim Pickens ride that bomb <laughs> down is a telltale sign of like, well, this is how it ends.
0: It feels like what's
2: happening. Because they're talking about it in the film. When they're in the war room, they're talking about mutually assured destruction. They're talking oh, yeah. about like what happens. Oh, yeah. You know, missiles passing each other in the air. And oh, yeah. fucking, you know, the whole fucking thing. Um, obviously, groundbreaking, amazing fucking movie.
1: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If there was one person, as we sit here in this room recording this wonderful podcast, by the way. This has been wonderful. Yeah, Don't say it great. hasn't been. We're doing great. Um, if there was one character in history that you can see writing that bomb down, who would it be?
2: Oh, like if I was going to separate it from Slim Pickens? Yeah. Like,
1: if there's a a, a a celebrity or person in the world,
2: who would you think would be the guy whipping the back of the missile? Someone that had enough of a sense of like nihilism... I, that's a really fucking hard question man do you, do you have someone in mind because most of the people that come to mind uh, initially are too uh,
1: self-preservant and narcissistic to actually pull the right. trigger like I think Alex Jones Donald Trump they're too big a cowards to actually do this to write that bomb but who's the who who's the scariest one that would I mean I'm not talking about like Timothy McVeigh and guys that were obvious, you know, Kalinsky. Mentally deranged. Right. That are truly off the fucking you know, out of their minds. Who do you think would be the one just for clicks? God, I... (laughs) Just for clicks and
0: views? Who would be the one? Just to
1: ride that missile down? Just to get more likes than
2: anybody. Well, I think of people that I have already demonstrated a level a, a level of n- nihilism and willing to put their bodies at harm. Okay. Um, uh, Borat guy, fucking um, oh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. That's a good pull. Sasha Baron Cohen would ride that fucking missile just for views, just for views, and just to prove a point. Can I? May I? Yep. Yeah. Just came to me. Yeah
1: yay oh <laughs>
2: yeah I think just yay would fuck. take the rocket ride he would take the rocket ride he would take the rocket ride if he right. thought he was going to get views because like, he's just <laughs> crazy and stupid enough <laughs> to not understand that like <laughs> it's not uh. it's not going to matter it's not going to matter after the
1: ultimate photobomb <laughs> is yay riding down on a nuclear missile uh, we had he- a couple of cool horror polls Cool real quick cool horror pools. I want to talk about one that didn't really end the way that we thought it was gonna end. The book ended in absolute the end. But the movie, I only bring this up because it has one of the worst endings in every any modern horror movie. Not because it was a bad ending, because it was literally the most depressing, heartbreaking ending of a modern history.
2: You say depressing when you think of this film I say despair
1: despair no it it's, is it's despair It. this is despair and we're talking of course famously Ugh. about the mist oh my god now in the short story that was in night shift which is one of my favorite short stories
2: fabulous that ended,
1: it ended with the family going to a Howard Johnson's knowing that the mist was coming and nothing could stop it. Nothing. And ended with them just driving off into the distance knowing that the mist is rolling behind them and is going to destroy everything. It was kind of a perfect ending for a a short story. So the movie thought it would be a good idea to take that. Frank Darabont. Yeah, Darabont. Totally. And they actually did a great job with the monsters and different stuff. And it ends with a family... Getting into the mist, they run out of gas. It's the end of the line, and the main character deciding it would be a best idea. The best idea is to kill everybody and themselves before they can get tortured by a monster yeah. or
2: die by the mist, wrapped up in a cocoon. And so, after shooting his son, his very young son, who was like
1: eight, and his love interest. He turns the gun on himself after being hysterical to shoot, and the army rolls in in tanks and is saving the day.
2: As he kills his family.
1: As he kills his family, and he's left with, oh, we won. Yeah. And if I would have waited one minute. One minute. Everybody would have survived and been Okay. Yeah, it is now don't get me wrong if you've never watched The Mist go watch it, it there's so much I mean there's no this. reason
2: now there's yeah <laughs>
1: but, no but the, the movie itself the way they did the monsters no, the movie's and fabulous, the action dude. scenes it's fucking awesome um, but past that two truly end of the world um, or one truly end of the world movies I already talked about the cell was a little Korean joint called Pulse Ooh. and Pulse by the way if you haven't seen it, it's fucking awesome And it leaves you with such a sense of dread. The whole movie is built around a sense of dread. And the whole premise is the internet is that final step. And essentially what the internet does is creates a doorway into uh, people that have died and haven't transitioned over. So it allows kind of malevolent spirits to um, come into this plane of dimension. And so if you if you have a, a laptop, a cell phone, a cell tower, all of those things are things that malevolent spirits can come through. And by the end of the movie, you realize that you can't really run away from technology, right? Yeah. It's another indictment on technology. It is. Like the cell. And, you know, obviously the Koreans do it better than anybody when it comes to I mean, almost horror in general. Yeah. Uh, Nothing is scarier than the end of the world by virtue of the Koreans. No, they they have a vision. You brought up a dope one. Okay. What did I bring up? You brought up one that I forgot about, and I actually saw this in a theater, which dates the shit out of me,
2: but In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, my God. Talk to me. You know what's funny? I do a movie podcast on this feed. We talk about movies all the fucking time. I'm not 100% sure we've, we've talked ever about this talked movie. about this. John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness A, starring dude. Sam Neill is one of the dopest fucking movies you will ever see. Now, it's intricate because it's hard to really explain. Yeah, if you've never seen this movie, the basic concept of the conceit is that there is a very Stephen King-like novelist. Right. And his writing is so profound and connected to uh, other dimensions that it creates a cult of followers that are willing to murder and kill based upon his books. Right, straight up. And Sam Neill is a... A uh, 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 editor or producer—I don't know what you would call. I think uh, he was like an uh, generally his editor or agent, something agent, like yeah. that. Yeah. So his whole thing is he wants to uh produce this guy's works. He wants to um, uh, bring it out to the world. Right, it. Which is it. kinda right. pub- yeah, he's a publisher. Jesus Christ. I think so. Why could I not think of the word publisher? I don't
1: know, know. you're a personal uh, assistant to Blake Crouch, so I don't know why you yeah, can't it's
2: kinda weird that that slipped through the <laughs> <laughs> so Sam Neil goes out um to go to this Stephen Kingish New England town to meet with this author. Right. And it turns out that this author is actually tuned into the, this kind of Lovecraftian... It's
1: very... Lo- it's Lovecraftian. It's so Lovecraftian. Feel. It's yeah. not
2: even... Fair. Right. If you've never seen In the Mouth of Madness... <laughs> it's so weird. It is so weird, <laughs> but it is so... Fucking good, and Sam Neill gives a great performance. Sam Neill's phenomenal, yeah, he's phenomenal. Awesome. Like, if you're gonna get nominated for an Oscar for a fucking horror movie, yeah, I feel like Sam Neill brings it. He legit went crazy he in the movie. It's fucking awesome. Back.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
2: awesome. Um, <laughs> who's the German guy that was in like Seven Sign and fucking, oh, like,
1: the guy, yeah, uh, the guy das with boot, the, the
2: guy boot, the guy like, from Dust Boot, the guy with the yeah, bad yeah. complexion, dude. That guy, as the author... Totally. Fucking scary. Dude. And there's like a scene when they're just... They're driving this car to get to this town. Nah. And this fucking zombie-looking a demon bike. is just on a bicycle. Right. And just keeps riding by him. And he has over a face over on again. the back. Dude. It's fucked up, It's dude. one of the scariest... As children, we were shook. And... As we're theming the show, it does not end well for humanity. Nothing ends well. No. That's the point of this no. show. The, it, the, it demonstrates the end of the world via literature, which is a very interesting take.
1: It's incredibly interesting because some could argue that literature has caused more destruction than anything vis-a-vis the Bible.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, Nietzsche. Yeah, might have a little blood on his hand. He, <laughs> I mean, he he J- didn't. He probably J- didn't account for Hitler. jean Paul Sartre. It's like there's there been, you, go. you know there yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, a course. lot um there's a lot of people that were
1: nihilists that were just ugh. Uh, I forgot one. I'm gonna throw it in real quick, Please. but I forgot it. And I know you love this movie, and I know you know this movie, and this is another obscure end of the world John Carpenter movie. Okay, start not starring, but. Alice Cooper was in it, called "Prince of Darkness." Ooh, another John Carpenter. And you forgot about it. I did too. I just wrote it down. Damn it! This yeah. is about a team of scientists creating a pathway for Lucifer to come through. Yep. And I'm not going to go into it too much, except there's some great special effects. It's super '80s horror. But it's very cerebral and smart. There's some goofy shit. There's some corny stuff. But at the end of the day, Lucifer wins.
2: And it's a good fucking movie. And it's dope. Uh,
1: watch Prince of
2: Darkness, by the way, if you have On those same lines, this has to be talked about. Cabin in the Woods. I There's two recent ones that we'll talk about to end
1: it. But Cabin in the Woods is okay. one of them. Yeah. One of the modern horror masterpieces.
2: Let's it, be honest. It is a... Masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. By the way, some people kind of hate it. For people with no sense of humor and no no soul and not understanding what they're doing, I guess. I, I mean, like, I, you know what they're doing, right? I I I felt like I knew what they were doing. But yeah. Some people don't like. They're missing the point.
1: I don't think they enjoy the fact that it was somehow gratuitous. Well,
2: I um, think one. some people just wanted it to be straight horror. Like, these are the zombies are going to show up, and we're going to fuck it. They didn't want that other layer.
1: And, and, dude, the onion keeps getting peeled, bro. Yeah. On this movie. And the higher gods... And it comes back to a Lovecraftian Cthulhu esque fucking yes.
2: sort of deal, and that what horror films actually—it's a deconstruction of the horror genre, the entire from tropes from, to bad guys yeah. to situations. What we've actually been doing with horror film is appeasing higher gods. That's it. To that's the keep premise. Them fed. It's beautiful. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, and by the way, the heroes doom the world yeah basically
1: those are your protagonists those are your protagonists because ultimately
2: (laughs) they're just like no we're not playing your game it
1: was the stoner and the last girl
2: and the it was the last girl and the stoner it was the survivor girl as it should be as it should be as it should be it was great
1: and if you ever see a merman the only thing you need to say is you gotta be fucking kidding me you gotta be fucking kidding me last but not least something that came out very very recently Bobby brought up which I think is a great poll was don't look up
2: oh yeah I mean okay I don't know what you thought about this film. I I, I kind
1: of dug it. I didn't I I, I didn't f- do cartwheels. I liked it, but it was very clever.
2: In the context of what we're talking about, it's perfect for what we're talking about. And it was the media influence, which oh. was a huge part of it. Politics and media and everything. That and we goes just talked it. about
1: it with George Santos. What are we doing except? not looking up in a lot of different ways. Yeah. When you're when you're focused on the myopic sort of minutiae of dumb stupid shit and Kim Kardashian and this and this and this and somebody goes, dude, there's a meteor about to blow up the planet. You're like, that's fine. But what did fucking Ariana Grande do this fucking week? Like when your mind is so hyper focused on dumb shit, yeah. you
2: don't You know, and that's kind of a... It's one of those films, I think the concept is better than the execution. I agree. Um, I love the idea, especially during COVID, which is when this... Absolutely. Which which hurt the film, like it did a lot of films. It did, but it also made it very relevant. Right. Because the whole idea was like, well, there's a pandemic that's going to kill a few million of you guys. Right. Um, But don't look up. Don't look up don't look up you're fine you're fine just keep looking at Instagram oh, this don't take it keep looking at don't Facebook
1: keep doing all that
2: yeah. don't don't pay attention we're rich we're white we can get on a spaceship and we'll fly away right it, which was literally the premise of the movie
1: you know what I mean which we can escape you idiots keep looking at fucking you know keep looking at TikTok yeah we'll take care of their ass just don't look up the dumbified I, like the,
2: I think it was a better concept I love the a, concept yeah, you're not wrong the concept's fun
1: so those are your movies. And if you haven't seen any of those, uh take your
2: pick. And They're, by the way, if you if you have other ones that you're thinking of like where people us. get to watch the end of the world, I would love cuz I this is a genre that we I'm so happy that Aaron brought this up.
1: It's 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 one that is very niche, very niche. Because you want to go into dystopian, but when does it all just
2: shut down? That's over. You know, and it's a it's a rapsky. I mean, at the end of Don't Look Up, um, basically, they just hold hands and eat dinner together. That's it. And that's it. You that's just watch the end of the world. It should have been the end of the movie. And we won't talk about the real- Oh, movie. yeah. The Dakota. I hate that well, shit. They, I, they, yeah. they kind of shit, 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 they dog dog shit them out. They it shit the But it was still fun to watch. It was fun to watch.
1: And then we t- those are comedy ones, like This Is The End- or, sure. or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. what was
2: it the, the the Simon Pegg the last of the uh, trilogy yeah which became kind of dystopian too but yeah but um, they survived World's, World's End World's End they survived those so you yeah, can't yeah. really include that yeah uh, but they're fun there's so many of these fucking movies there's man. so many of that style yeah, yeah, of movie uh, but hopefully you'll enjoy some
1: of them I think so yeah, I mean uh, you know what time it is I do you wanna you wanna do it it's time.
2: I don't even want to say. Every time. You make me so furious. It's time to clutch our pearls of wisdom. Ding,
1: <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I did a more Caribbean version.
2: I like that. Actually, I'm going to keep that. Thank you. I'll keep that for the week. Thank you. Uh, what do you got?
1: Um. Uh, yeah. I, mine is easy. I touched on it earlier. Um uh, just like you represent your family when you go to a function, you represent yourself when you go to a job, just how you represent the things that you hold dear, next time you leave this great United States of America, the perfect country of all perfects, uh, anytime you leave this country, make sure you're representing this country well and not being a utter piece of shit. There's a reason why Americans are so looked down upon traveling. Not all of us, but you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, And and you know exactly who I'm talking about. Try to represent the country well. Respect. Understand you're not in your country anymore, even though you think you've paid for a resort or you have a lot of money. Recognize you're in a completely different country. We got pulled over by the police in a company car on our way to the airport to leave, and we had police behind us, and it only ended up being they had some sort of like licensing that was wrong on the taxi or whatever. But just realized that your boy here could have been put in cuffs and put in a jail in Mexico and had to like get the embassy involved in some shit. That was the first thing that went through but my But you mind.
2: acted like a gentlemen
1: always always no sudden moves don't make them nervous the point being is if if anything even if you don't respect yourself with a lot of you don't because i've seen your bodies even if you don't respect yourself (laughs) respect the fact if you're proud of america then represent america well when you go elsewhere please